Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. There are sinners who are lost and there are sinners who are saved. The sinners who are lost love their sin. The sinners who are saved hate their sin, but they both still sin. Think of it. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. And so as we look at our study church, remember it's titled, and the answer is, we look at this number one, the answer is, just when you thought there was no hope, just when you thought there was no hope, the answer is, can you write down your notes that way? Just when you thought there was no hope, the answer is, and the answer is that the Bible tells us what we already know. Let's be honest. We need to take an honest pill right now. The Bible tells us exactly what we already knew. Verse 9 says, what then? Are we better than they? Paul says, not at all. He just got done arguing between the Gentile who doesn't know God, but by nature within his heart does what is right versus the Jew who knows what to do and disobeys it and covers it up. Paul's announcement is either, watch, there's two answers. A, The Jews are no better off than the Gentiles, or the Gentiles are no better off than the Jews, or collectively, we, no one's better off than the other. That we have all been brought to this place of recognizing exactly what the Bible says, and it is this, that we already know this, that according to God, he doesn't have favorites. There's there's no special group that's acceptable to God. Earlier, the argument was, I'm a Jew. I'm acceptable to God based on what? On my circumcision. God says, no, you're not. Well, I'm a Gentile and I'm a very moral person. In fact, my morality is even more moral than many of the Jews I know. I'm accepted. No, you're not. And then collectively as humanity, we would say, we're all good. Uh, You know, a lot of songs, a lot of songwriters write songs like that about how great we are. If we were so great, why is the world in the condition that it is? And there's this, this philosophy that's out there. It's humanism, and it's wrapped in velvet, and it sounds like this. I believe humanity's good in the heart. I believe that man is good at the core. The Bible says the exact opposite. Did you know that? So that's the first offense. Some of you are offended. That's number one. We'll have many more to follow. But uh, it's a remarkable declaration according to the Bible. There's this general operating procedure in the scripture, and it's the uniformity or the mutual code of conduct that the Bible speaks is of man, and that is a sinful nature. And so we're not better than anybody else. And the moment you begin to think that you're better because of something. You know, there's people who think they're better because they're rich. 
There's people who think they're better because they're cute. There's people who think they're better because they're talented. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than all of that than somebody who thinks they're better because of their religion. Have you noticed that? There's the snobbery that somebody has because they're a great singer. Hey, you know what? At least they're a great singer. You know what? Or somebody's snooty because they're rich. Hey, you know what? They're rich. Uh, I see why he's a snub. But when somebody says, I know God, and you're a snob, you are the ultimate weirdo. How can you say that you know God and you have that level of arrogance within you? I told you guys before years ago, but I'll repeat it because Lisa and I will never forget it. We actually saw a preacher, very famous, say, make sure you tune in next week. I'm going to be giving the best message I've ever heard on humility and you're not going to want to miss it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That was for real. He's going to teach us on humility next week, so tune in. It's the best message I've ever heard. That is so bizarre. I'm a Christian with a big head. Hi, I'm, I follow Jesus and I am, I'm so amazing and uh, you need to know me and uh, boy, aren't you glad for having me, uh, you know, in your family or at your church. How can that possibly be where a Christian's head is blown up in pride when God says, I have no favorites and all have been found out to be guilty in front of me. Everyone needs salvation. And you don't hide behind the fact that you go to Calvary Chapel or you go to First Baptist or you, or you are Assembly of God. Are you hearing me? Well, that's okay, Pastor. You let him have it. I'm a Catholic. You need salvation. <laughs> if your relationship with Jesus is preempted by some sort of a title, I'm a fill-in-the-blank Christian, you're messed up. You and I need him desperately. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20, for there is not a just man on earth. None are just. Wow. Who does good? None do good. And does not sin. The Bible says there's nobody on earth who doesn't sin. Now you say, Pastor, I thought, I thought uh, you were going to say something about hope here. I am, if you're listening carefully. If we're all unable to muster up some form of acceptable religiosity before God, and God's word announces to us that there are none that have advantage over the other, that should cause hope to spring up within you. If the entire world is condemned by God and his holiness... Jesus came to the cross to die there for us and rose again from the dead, then I see hope on the horizon. Don't miss God's gospel. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know, says Paul, God bless Paul, listen to him. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. He... He knows what to do that's good, and he wants to do good. Don't you want to do good? Every single one of us who are believers, we wake up in the morning wanting to be our best for Jesus. Paul says, amen, I know exactly how that uh, is. That's exactly the life of the, of the believer, but he continues. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. 
the struggle within the believer's life. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. 1 John, watch this and mark this. If we say that we have no sin, if you think that you're sinless, by the way, 1 John's written to Christians only, by the way. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, written to believers, not non-believers. It's very important you know that. A lot of people don't realize that. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Wow. Verse 9. We all love verse 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and his word is not in us. Now look at that verse. Everybody, listen. Do you see hope in there? Those three verses are pregnant with hope. Number one, I agree that I'm a sinner. Number two, I rejoice in the fact that when I confess my sin to God, ek homo legeo, say the same thing about my sin that God says about it, then he's going to forgive me of my sin. And I would be a fool to think that I have no sin. Because to say that I have no sin is to announce that God wasted his time on the cross. That this entire Bible is a joke. And uh, no, church, the answer is to recognize hope in your life is to recognize that you and I need the saving power of God to rescue us from ourselves. Just when you and I thought that there was no hope, the answer is number two, if you look at this, that the Bible tells us the honest truth. Look at this. For we have, verse 9 continues, previously charged both Jews and Greeks or Gentiles that they, or we, are all under sin. The, the scriptures declare, watch this, the word charged, it's a legal term, literally a legal courtroom first century term. And I'm going to show you, it's a huge definition of this. When God says, uh, we have been charged, and Paul includes himself. It means to stand accused beforehand. In other words, before you, even, before you and I even commit the crime, God knows <laughs> that we're going to be charged with that crime because he knows what's in us before we even do it. Uh, I'll keep reading in a moment. In law, a person becomes a horse thief when they steal the horse, right? You got to commit the crime before you can be charged. God, he doesn't wait for the crime to be committed. You want to know why? You know why, right? A horse thief does not become a horse thief when he commits the crime of stealing a horse. A horse thief becomes a horse thief because he's a horse thief. Yeah, but what if he didn't commit the crime? That's in the human court. In God's court, you're already guilty. People who take crowbars and break into Apple stores and, and Nordstrom's, they, listen, according to God, the crime was already in them. The, according to God, the crime was already committed before they ever broke into the Home Depot to get the crowbar to go break into Nordstrom's. At what point are they criminals? The, the, the system says, now wait, get the camera going. This is a sting operation. They haven't crossed the line yet. Hang on. Oh, we got so close. He almost, he almost committed a crime. God says guilty. That's right. God says guilty because it was in them. Right? right? 
to stand accused beforehand, to be charged with a crime before committing the crime. The thought being, what is hidden inside will come out. The sin nature dwelling within humanity will come out. We are charged as guilty because he knows, God knows, what we are and what we are going to do at the first opportunity. Meaning, no one's looking. Question in the heart, can I get away with this? The human heart, exactly. Both of you are right. You said no and you said yes because in the human mind, the mind is saying, I can do this. I can get away with this. But God is saying, no, you're not. No, you can't. This is very important. Listen, judge yourself. Judge yourself. Does God speak to you like this? Is he speaking to you when he speaks? Does he say, I see what you're thinking? See, some of you might be thinking thoughts and you think you're the only one who knows this and there's no conviction. Your thoughts are yours. You think they're, they're secret. You think nobody knows. And maybe on earth, nobody does know. But God knows. You see, listen, there's no concept of God in your life because God doesn't live in your life. And so you plot and plan sin and you doesn't... It doesn't phase you one moment. To the believer and to the person that is being drawn to the Lord, there is that fear of sinning against God. But the Bible tells us the honest truth. When it says understand, we'll combine these two words. When the definition is that previously God has charged us, both Jew and Gentile, that we are all under sin. This is a remarkable statement. Again, church, I'm giving you pure truth. I know all of you got up early to come today. You packed out the house, and, I, and I'm not here to abuse you. I'm here to tell you the God-honest truth because that's what the Bible says to us, and, the, and if we can take it, then there's life on the other end of this, okay? To be under sin, hupo, awesome word hupo under do you guys remember way back in some book we were studying some back i think it was in peter the huporetes the the under rower a, a roman ship uh, had two uh, sets of rowers they had the rowers on top and they had the rowers on the bottom and the rowers were slaves or criminals and rome would take you if you were condemned if you had physical capabilities and they would if you didn't they would just kill you or enslave you to something. If you, ha if you had some form of physique, they would put you on one of the Roman uh, galleys. And you would be either on the top or the bottom. And you would row. And let me tell you, they, they would sit. You know, what, you, know, you know what two by fours are? There are two two by fours uh, spaced four inches apart. And your cheeks, your bum, B-U-M, would sit on two rails... That rail would be 75 feet long and you'd sit there on that and you would row and you're naked below the waist and below you is the other set of rowers and the bottom row is called the huparetes, an under rower. By the way, the Bible tells us that as, listen, church, we on staff, us on staff here to serve you, Paul refers to us as huperetes. We are under rowers. We're not to have a reputation. We are not to have specialties. We are not supposed to be 
above you and you serve us. We're supposed to be down below making sure that you stay afloat. This word, to be under, meaning to be held under, hupo, by hand or by the power of someone else or something, to pin down, to be in the grip of. And then the word sin is to miss the mark or to be off course or to be in the wrong trajectory. You're being held down. Listen, sin will hold you down. Sin pins you down. And you have to be honest. The God honest truth is, the Bible tells me the truth. And whenever sin is allowed in our lives, we have to agree with Paul that pins us down to the ground. And I want to read this to you. The imagery is that of someone striving to hit a target, but everything about the effort is hindered and inadequate. To fall or to come up short, the lack or to lack the power to hit the target within the time allowed it. Thus, every time, missing the target altogether, not even coming close. To be under sin is to never be able to get up above sin apart from Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you right now. It doesn't matter how religious you are. It doesn't matter how many happy points you have. It doesn't matter the heritage of your upbringing. Uh, unless you're born again by the Spirit of God, you are being pinned down by sins in your life that hold you in its grip. That's why Christians, Christians, air quotes, need to wake up and ask this question. Why is it that I constantly fall to this sin? Is that an area of life that you're not letting Jesus in on? If it is, you need to let him have control of it. Or is it an indication that you're not a Christian at all, just a very religious person? Nobody can determine that but you before God. But God wants you to know the truth. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. See, Jack, you know, wow, this is very uh, brutal. This next uh, verse will, will make you feel better. Next one. <laughs> Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10. The heart is deceitfully... The heart is deceitful above all things, God said. So I'm just, I'm just asking you, you don't need to be verbal about it. Just ask yourself, is that true or false? And desperately wicked. Wow. Who could know it? Well, of course, the answer is nobody. Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Wow. So you see, the answer is that there is hope when God's word speaks to us and says, there's none that do good. Man's heart's wicked. He's de it's deceitfully corrupt within. It answers truthfully who we are as humans because God's got the answer. The answer to such a generation, to such an individual, is God. This Jack Kemp's podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Three.